0: Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. For the next couple of months I'm doing a summer series on questions about the Christian faith that people have asked about. These are questions that people have been wondering about and were looking for answers to and I'm taking a series of these and looking at what the Bible says and how we can think about uh, these kinds of questions as we go through our lives and try to live out our faith as disciples of Christ. Today we're looking at three questions that have to do with the topic of prayer. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on questions about prayer. Today, we are beginning our summer sermon series on questions of faith. We're going to start today with three questions about prayer that people have asked about. The first question is this How do you pray for someone you desperately care about, but you don't know the words to say or how to pray? Sometimes the hardest things to pray about are the things we care the most about. It's easy to pray for things that we are not emotionally invested in. We don't really care about how the situation turns out or whether we get result A or result B or result C. But when we care very deeply about the result, or we are praying for a person who has let us down time and time again, sometimes we're at a loss for words. We know what we want, but we don't know if it's what God wants. We know what we think would be best, but we aren't sure if it's really what's best or not. How do we pray? I think this is what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 28, which says this. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In this passage, Paul is writing about prayer in the context of suffering. This is often when we pray the longest and the strongest. We want God to ease our suffering or the suffering of a loved one or the suffering of the world. But sometimes we wonder, What is the right thing to pray for? He begins by saying that all of creation has been affected by the sin of human beings. All of creation is groaning because of our sin. Then he builds on this idea by saying that we also are groaning as we wait for God to act to redeem our bodies and transform our world. In verse 26, he tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. He says we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit does. And he intercedes with us through wordless groans. He intercedes for us in accordance with the will of God. So even when we don't know what God's will is in a situation, The Holy Spirit does, and the Holy Spirit prays for God's will to happen to us. As a result, God works for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What this does is that it takes the pressure off of us to know the exact right words we should be praying. We don't have to know the right things to pray for because the Spirit knows the right things to pray for, and He will jump in and pray for what's right in the middle of our prayers. Our job is just to pray. It's important that we pray, but we never pray alone. The Holy Spirit always prays with us. He guides our prayers, and He aligns them with God's will so that we end up praying for the right things. Tim Keller likes to say that when you pray, God gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. When you pray, God gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. When we pray, we often look for something that God will give to us when often God answers our prayers by what he does in us. We often don't consider how God wants us to change when we pray. But often our prayers that other people would change result in the Holy Spirit bringing about a change in us. The Bible tells us to pray. Pray what's on your heart, pray whatever comes out of your mouth, and then don't worry about whether you prayed the right way or not, because the Holy Spirit will intercede for you and he will pray in accordance with God's will. The second question that somebody asked was, should we pray for patience? The person said, years ago, I had a plaque on my desk at work god give me patience a lady came to my work area and told me to get rid of the plaque she said we should not pray for patience as that could bring about problems for me so i threw the plaque away when my husband got sick someone told me they were praying for patience for us i told them i was told not to pray for patience So should we pray for patience or not? This is something that people will sometimes joke about. Some people believe if you pray for patience, that God will put you in very hard and difficult circumstances so that you will develop patience. That could get very uncomfortable. So some people think it's best not to pray for patience. But Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these character qualities are the result of the Holy Spirit working in your life all of these are virtues these are the kind of traits that we wish everyone in the world had all of these are good things god wants you to have god wants you to have love god wants you to have joy god wants you to have peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control It is not wrong to pray that God would give you good things. It's not wrong to desire these aspects, which are a part of God's own nature. It's not wrong to pray that God would give us any of these good things, including patience. We don't know exactly how God will give us patience, But I think it's wrong to assume that it will always be hard. I think it's wrong to assume it will always be difficult. Whenever we go through hard times, God gives us the strength to endure them. We live in a culture that is known for being impatient. As a society, we are not very good at waiting. We want things now, right away, as fast as we can. Sometimes we joke that our prayer is, God give me patience and give it to me now. But many parents don't teach their children delayed gratification. We are too quick to turn on the TV or a movie for our kids or to give them a phone or a screen to calm them down rather than teaching them to wait and learn to be patient. So for many of us, it's not going to be easy. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't pray for it. Praying for a virtue is a good thing. Praying for the gifts of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit is a good thing. We should never hesitate to pray for God's good qualities to become our good qualities. We will always be better in the long run if we pray for patience. The third question that someone asked about prayer is, Will we receive whatever we ask for? The question comes from Matthew 21, 18-22. Which says, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Jesus is actually making two points here. One is the power of prayer, and two is the power of belief. He's not saying that prayer is magic that will get you out of a jam. This happened to me when I was 13 years old. I went to one of my friends' bar mitzvah services. I walked in in a regular shirt and pants. Everyone else was dressed in suit coats and ties. I I prayed throughout the whole service that God would make a tie appear around my neck. It never happened. I did not get what I prayed for. In these verses, Jesus is not saying that prayer is magic that gives you everything you want. He is saying prayer is more powerful than you know. Prayers can move mountains. Prayers can uproot huge obstacles that we think are deeply rooted. Prayers can move immovable objects. Prayers can bring about the unthinkable. But the power of prayer is deeply connected to the power of belief. If your life is filled with doubt, you probably aren't going to step out in faith. If you don't have confidence, if you don't think God can change our world, if you don't think God will come through, you're not going to really be looking for or expecting your prayers to be answered. And you'll probably miss them. The more we expect things to work out, the more things tend to work out. The more we expect good things to happen, the more good things do happen. Prayer and belief go together. So how do we understand what Jesus was saying here? If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. It's always important to read the Bible as a whole. We don't want to just pick out a single verse in isolation. What do other verses have to say about this? So we also have to read 1 John 5.14, which says this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. This gives us a little more clarity. If we ask for anything according to God's will, he hears us. So I think what Jesus was really saying in Matthew 21, 22 is that if we believe, we will receive anything we ask for that is according to God's will. If we ask for something that is God's will, of course, he will give it to us. If we ask for something that is not God's will, of course, he will not give it to us. God is like a loving parent who doesn't give their two-year-old everything they ask for. Two-year-olds don't really know what they need. They only know what they want. You would be a bad parent or a bad grandparent if you gave your children or your grandchildren everything they asked for. You only give them what they ask for, which is good for them. God is the same with us. Whatever we ask for that is good for us, that is according to his will, he gives us. We also have to look at James chapter 4, verse 3, which says, When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. One reason that we don't receive what we pray for is because we are praying selfishly. We are asking with the wrong motives. We're just going to take the answers to prayer and spend them on ourselves. God doesn't hear selfish prayers. So when Jesus says, if we believe, he will give us whatever we ask for, the unspoken assumption behind that statement is that we are not asking selfishly and that we are asking for something that is God's will for us. The great Protestant reformer John Calvin once wrote this, God grants our prayer even if he does not always respond to the exact form of our request. Even when he does not comply with our wishes, he is still attentive and kindly to our prayers so that hope relying upon his word will never disappoint us. Again, as Tim Keller has said, God will either give us what we ask for, or he will give us what we would have asked for if we knew everything he knows. We know that as we pray for good things, we already have the ultimate good thing. In God himself, we have the headwaters and the source of all we desire, even if one of the tributaries of our joy goes dry. This is the safety catch on prayer. Without it, we would never pray again. We can be sure that if we ask for something that would not be best for us, God will not give it to us. We must have the assurance that he will answer the basic desire, but find a form and a mode that is not harmful. Now, what's interesting is that in all of Paul's writings in the Bible, and in all of his prayers for his friends, he never prayed that God would change their circumstances. We know that they lived in the midst of many dangers and hardships. They faced persecution, death, disease, oppression, and separation from loved ones. Their existence was far less secure than ours is today. Yet we never read of Paul praying for a better emperor, for protection from marauding armies, or even for bread for his next meal. Paul does not pray for many of the things that are at the top of our prayer lists. Does that mean we are wrong to pray for them? Not at all. Jesus invites us in the Lord's Prayer to pray for our daily bread. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray that God would deliver us from evil. Paul does tell his friends to pray for peace, for good government, and for the needs of the world. But what does Paul pray for more than anything else? The one thing Paul prays for the most in the Bible is that people would come to know Christ and know him better. Paul prays the most that people would know God and know him better. For him, all other prayers were secondary. So how do we pray when we don't know how to pray? We don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will intercede and pray for you, So just pray. Do we pray for patience? Yes. Patience is a virtue. It is part of the fruit of the Spirit. It is a good thing, and God wants us to have good things. Will we receive everything we ask for? If we aren't asking selfishly, and if we are asking according to God's will, we will receive what we ask for. If it's not something that will hurt us, if it's not something that will damage us, if it's not something that will lead us down the wrong road, God will give it to us. But ultimately, prayer is not about how to get what we want from God. Prayer is about communicating with God and becoming more like God. Prayer is about aligning our desires with God's desires and our wants with his wants. So that we are seeking what God is seeking, that we are pursuing what Christ wants us to pursue. Instead of giving us what we ask for in prayer, God gives us what we would have asked for if we knew everything he does. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.